Hi, I'm Carmen LaBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio. Well, good morning again. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Mornings with Carmen. You can find the first hour at MyFaithRadio.com or anywhere you get your podcast. Just ask it to play Mornings with Carmen. Okay, we have a battle for hearts and minds. I don't have a good segue to this. I just, we have a battle for hearts and minds going on. And um, I don't know about you, but it is in my own life, if I'm hangry, like, right? (laughs) If I'm hangry, um, it's hard for me to listen. It's hard for me to like warm up to something um, if I'm hungry, like literally hungry. And so I want to just acknowledge that when we talk about the conversations of the day and we talk about engaging the culture, um, we got to remember that people are whole people. Life is whole life. And um, a lot can happen over a shared meal, um, bread broken, right? There's this enacted parable every time we sit down at table and break bread together. And so I want to encourage you to consider that in, uh, in the hours and the days ahead. Physically sitting down with someone and, and breaking a physical piece of bread, loaf of bread, and handing a portion of it to them. It doesn't matter if initially they recognize what you're doing. In your heart, in your mind, you can be saying to the Lord, Father, make Jesus known in the breaking of this bread. Make Jesus known in the breaking of this bread. It will change the way you present yourself over the course of that meal. How do I know? Because that's what happens to me. When I sit down at table fellowship, it doesn't matter who I'm breaking bread with or what kind of bread we're breaking. Um, I want Christ to be made known in the breaking of that bread. I want eyes to be opened. I want hearts to be strangely warmed. And I also recognize that a full belly is, um, is a, somehow an easier posture for people to be in, um, in terms of receptivity. Think about all of the places in Scripture where something happens over bread. And bread in our culture is not just, you know, physical bread. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a metaphor for abundance and prosperity and um, sufficiency and providence and all of those things. So just an encouragement today, when we talk about a battle of hearts and minds, we're also talking about the importance of a, of a full stomach, of the provision of, uh, of a meal, and all of the ways that Christ can be made known in the breaking of bread. We got a ton of headlines to cover this morning, but I want to be, um, I want to hear this morning from Justin Gibney from the AND campaign. Um, 
there is a way forward after the overturning of Roe v. Wade by the U.S. Supreme Court. We want to talk about um, some of the ideas that are out there in terms of a way forward and what it looks like as brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of your political affiliation, what it looks like as brothers and sisters in Christ to move in the direction of human flourishing in the culture today. That conversation up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Justin Gibney is back. He is an attorney and he also heads up the AND campaign. You can find what we're talking about today at andcampaign.org. Hey, brother, welcome back. Hey, Carmen, how's it going? Well, it's, um, you know, <laughs> my life is full. I know your life is full as well. I was, you're one of the guys who I was thinking about on Father's Day because I just feel like you love being a dad and you have, um, and you remind us of that fairly frequently. I mean, you got a really full mm. tribe. And um, so, anyway, I thought about you recently on Father's Day. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I do enjoy being a dad and uh, just been blessed. So I'd like to share right? that. I know. I can hear you smiling. I love it. I just love it. Okay. So um, the Dobbs ruling, we've been talking about this from uh, lots of different angles here on the, on the show. Um, I'd love for you to share the and campaign statement, because I just felt like um, this was um, it comes in a little bit of a different voice than some people maybe are listening to. And I think that the whole life approach is the one that we all have to find um, our way into. Yeah, uh, that statement was important. And our executive team did a really good job with that. Really, we wanted to start off by putting the facts out there, right? The the overturning of Roe versus Wade did not make abortion illegal. It, it pushed the conversation to the states. The states will now regulate uh, abortion. Some will provide it. Some will probably, you know, have complete, almost complete bans. Uh, and so it's first important for people to know that because people, I was saying a whole lot of different stuff that was just uh, inaccurate. But then we really wanted to dig into the number one, the importance of life. We believe in the sanctity of life. So there's, you know, for the and campaign, there's there's no question about that. But we do think there are other considerations that that the church and and that the you know our elected officials have to take into consideration. Uh, first and foremost, we asked elected officials in the states to be thoughtful, to be compassionate, and to be just in how they go about these laws. We don't want them giving in to partisanship or ide- ideology. Let's think this through in a real way and, and so show some compassion and conviction. Because of the end campaign, we believe that God loves women who've had or considered abortions. Um, we believe that, you know, it's his will to for us to advocate to keep uh, those those unborn uh, babies alive. But that doesn't mean that we treat people with disregard. Uh, and so there's other factors that we have to consider. It's, you know, we don't believe the pro-life movement should just to be, be about uh, birth. There are things that go on after birth. Many women have abortions because they don't think they can financially take care of the child. How can we speak into that when we're talking about uh, paid family leave? Some women going back to work two weeks after they had a kid. We live in a country that can make sure that doesn't have to happen. And so we need to look at health care. We need to look at uh, maternal mortality and those issues that play into the conversation about uh, abortion if we truly care. 
Um, and that's what we were kind of challenging Christians to to do uh, as this, you know, as Roe was overturned. So I was um, struck yesterday by uh, New York City Mayor Eric um, Adams talking about um, his experience related to abortion. He was 15. He'd been arrested. Um, his uh they use the term partner, but, you know, girlfriend, I mean, you know, they're 15 year olds. Um, his girlfriend um, shared with him that uh, that she was pregnant um, and their conversation was uh, about all of the things that you just described. Like, I don't you know, how could we raise a baby? How could we what kind of life would that baby have? You don't have a job. You've been arrested. Um, you know, we're 15. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, and so he. I mean, in, in my view, he sadly publicly celebrates, right, this that abortion uh, in the past is one of the reasons that he's the mayor today. Um, but I I look at that and I say to myself, OK, am I even in close enough proximity to a couple of 15 year olds who would be having that conversation, um, you know, behind closed doors? They're not having that conversation in view of others. And so they need to know in advance that there is. Um, there's a world that will come alongside them um, and help them make the choice for life and then help them flourish in it as well. Like uh, that ought not to be the only option. We we ought to. Uh, uh, this is the conversation that I think is really hard to have, because how do we get get in, get proximate with people who are making the kinds of decisions that are illuminated in that story? It's a, a great question. I mean, we have to build relationships with people. I mean, there's so many problems with that that quote, right? It's the assumption that you could never make it had that, that child been born. Maybe I don't know about you. My my children motivate me, right, to do a lot of a lot of different things, even if it's hard. But then there's the materialism of it, right? Uh, to say, you know, me being mayor is greater than this this child being alive. Uh, and so I think we have to really press in. We have to build relationships. And I think when you build relationships and you know people in your community, there are people in your community going through things like that. They got to know you love them. They got to know that I'm not just telling you this because I'm looking down on you or anything like that. I love you. I've been through similar things. This is the best way to go about it because that child is alive. It's not disposable. And we really have to be in relationship to to communicate that with people. And they have to know we love them. And so, you know, the triumphalism that I'm seeing online from some people, the owning the lib stuff, it's really setting back a cause that is not final. Mm-hmm. That it's it's a it's a it's an it's advocacy that still has a lot of work to do, but instead we're kind of so caught up in the celebration, so caught of uh, caught up in in proving the other side wrong or seeing them take a loss that we're not we're, that we're furthering. I think we're pushing ourselves away from the people who are going to be making those tough decisions. So good. All right. We're going to continue our conversation with Justin Gibney in just a minute. You can, uh, you can find the resources that we are discussing today uh, at the and campaign. That's just and campaign.org. We'll be right back. When you use the term pro-life, what do you mean? What does it mean to you to be pro-life? Are you pro-life for every life and all of life throughout life? Are you um, only pro-life on particular issues? Are you only pro-life in particular situations? 
um, I am pro-life from conception to natural death. And I know that is um, that leads to some very complicated relationships uh, or conversations, at least um, in my relationships with others, um, because I am pro-mom and pro-family. And that means I am pro-help when it's needed. And uh, and so what does that look like for you when you describe yourself as pro-life? You know, are you interested in um, maternal health and paid family leave and child care and education and economic security? Um, I mean, are you are you interested in actually sewing people, knitting people into the family of faith and caring for them in every circumstance um, throughout life? Like it's a challenge. All right. We're talking with Justin Gibney from the AND campaign. Um, Justin has a whole life uh, ethic in terms of his pro-life um, position. And one of the things, Justin, that I think we we don't often um, see are the interconnectedness of issues. And that's one of the things I think uh, you are always good to illuminate. There are issues that are connected to other issues that produce decisions in people's lives. Um, and so talk with us about maybe the intersection of of criminal justice and the conversations that we're having about whether or not a family has the resources to support a baby. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You know, I always say abortion is not on an Island, right? It's not an issue of an in of itself. That's not connected to anything else. And then when you talk about something like uh, criminal justice, you talk about mass incarceration. You talk about the fact that we had laws that were taking a lot of fathers out of homes unnecessarily. And that doesn't mean that in some cases there shouldn't have been some punishment, but the time, the extended amount of time, that protracted amount of time that people were being taken out of their homes left whole communities fatherless. And so you put, you're putting families in situations that are less stable. You're putting women in situations and children in situations that are less stable. These are not easy, you know, these are not easy decisions for people to make. But there are things that we can do through our mediating institutions and also through government to some extent that can help people not think abortion is their best option. And so the laws that we uh, put that we enact and how, when they affect people's lives, we got to look at how that's all connected to the things that we do. You take fathers out the homes, out of homes or you don't come up with a better health care plan. Uh, you know, there was a lot. Of, I think some of the criticism of Obamacare was actually uh, fair criticism. But you got people who never came up with a better plan because it wasn't politically, you know, uh, there was no political political incentive to do it. Well, then you have to understand how that, too, is connected to the choices that people make. And when we separate those things because it's inconvenient to think of them together, that because one of them might ask a sacrifice from us then we have to question how committed we are to the cause. Let's talk about um, next steps or first steps uh, or a step. Uh, if, if, you know, if there's somebody listening right now and they're like, okay, you know what? I, I want to do better. I want to see things differently. I want to be a proactive part of the solution, not just a sideline complainer. Um, what are some first steps or some next steps for people, no matter where they are, um, to engage on on some part of the conversation that we're having, because I think Justin, that's the other, uh, you know, that's the other thing here. It's 
It's not just that abortion's not on an island. There are so many issues, and I can't tend to all of them. Oh, yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, you, you can support organizations who do. Uh, you can support pregnancy centers. I think one of the best things we can do, if you are having conversations about a, abortion, have them with compassion. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to people in a way that shows a level of understanding, not just a this is right and this is wrong and, you know, showing people condemnation. We can do better in that regard. But I think that's that's completely right. You know, whether it's volunteering your time, whether it's money, whether it's pointing people in certain directions to support, support organizations and institutions that are doing some of that work. Uh, and I think that's a good way to, to get involved initially and then change how we talk about it. Uh, talk about it in ways that actually give you a chance to maybe persuade someone who's persuadable. Uh, but it, it certainly can't be all about condemnation and, and kind of um, this triumphalism that we're seeing right now is just is not helpful. Yeah, um, it's such a, a complex set of issues and concerns. All right. I know that your um, your your dear friend and colleague, Chris Butler, is on the ballot today. So just um, recognize that we're, we're praying for folks who are actively engaged um, in the um, in the process. I, I'm, I'm praying for you. You got so many opportunities. Um, God's opening up um, doors and and platforms. And I'm so grateful for that. I, I saw that you're going to be speaking at a Georgetown um, event in, in a couple of weeks. I'm praying for you in advance of that. Um, how else can we be praying for you and and the things that you're working on? Well, I appreciate the, the consideration. I mean, as always, just prayers uh, for family. Uh, my wife actually had, had COVID earlier uh, this week, so we've been trying to get over mm. that. Um, and, and just discernment. I think there's a lot uh, because the AND campaign has given people language and articulated this in a different way. There's a lot of demand for what we're saying, and, and I just hope that we have the discernment to, to go further and to be helpful to the kingdom. All right, brother. Well, we're praying for you. We appreciate your um, your input. I appreciate not only the things you're talking about, but the ways you're talking about the things you're talking about. So um, really, really appreciate it. Um, that's Justin Gibney. You can find him at and, A-N-D, andcampaign.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. I got a treat for you now. So we've been so blessed over so many years to be um, served by and to have the privilege of serving alongside Neil Stavum. We talk about a life well lived. We talk about a life uh, worthy of the calling to which a person has been called. Um, We talk about steadfast and immovable, a heart of compassion, such wisdom, um, leadership over the long haul, so many things that I could say about um, this extraordinary, wonderful brother in Christ. Um, so we're going to talk with Neil Stavum, and we're going to talk about Neil Stavum for um, for the next bit. If you have some thoughts, words of appreciation, a story of remembrance to share, the text line is open, 877-933-2484. Again, the text line is open. We're going to talk with and about Neil Stavum's 46 years of ministry at the University of Northwestern St. Paul in Northwestern Media. The number is 877-933-2484. We'll be right back.
Neil Stavum is the station manager for Faith Radio. He has been serving in the Ministry of Northwestern Media for 46 years. And um, he's he's bringing that, God is bringing that to um, a, a transition point, a closure. I don't know. We use the word retirement. I'm not really sure I like that word. But Neil is no longer going to be doing this every day. Um, and so, Neil, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen, Paul. Good to be with you. It's so wonderful to have you. So I want you to just reflect upon, I'm going to put these two words together and just let you um, have a little word play. Radio ministry. Yeah, I got nothing. No, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it seems sorry. like radio ministry is important to say something. No, <laughs> no true. I, I, You know, radio has been, well, obviously uh, for for us here at Faith Radio, I think we've seen the the impact that it's had, but I think just you know throughout my career, just that it was uh, always so I think intriguing and appealing that you know you could reach so many people in in so many situations. I mean, you know, you, radio you broadcast to masses, but you know people listen one one at a time individually, and so uh, there's there's a real real ministry that takes place you know through the airwaves, people in their cars or in their homes or where they might be. And just letting God speak directly to them. You know, we talk about the right word at the right time. That happens so often in uh, in Christian radio, especially. Uh, I believe that you know God God uh, still creates divine appointments, and that we'll see that for uh, for years to come, as long as you know media is available. And you know, it's expanded beyond radio now to digital, where we have you know a huge percentage of our audience actually you know plugging in on the app or listening on the live stream. And you have been an integral part of uh, of all of that, of seeing beyond, you know, whatever the current uh, ministry reaches to new opportunities, embracing new media, inviting new new voices on air, including my own. So um, thank you. There are many, many of us who would not be doing what we're doing today if you had not helped us uh, see the opportunity and live into it um, and improve our skills in doing it. You... Um, you are a man of few words when it comes to uh, leadership. It's just interesting. You you have many words on air, right? Because this is a uh, a platform that is dependent on spoken words. Yeah. But as I have um, encountered you over the years in terms of your administrative leadership, you're actually a man of few words, and um, you you allow people to participate in conversations and. Um, and you allow ideas to to come forward, and then you help us see which one of those is the best. And I just, I appreciate all of that, your patience and your diligence. You have brought us three words today. Um, and so I'd love for you to share those. Yeah, I was asked to uh, speak to our uh, our entire radio group. The Northwestern Media family uh, gets together once a month via Zoom for, a, you know, just a, a radio devotion. And I was asked to share that not long ago. And Thought well, this is really kind of my last opportunity to speak to, to the team and the family. And so, what would I say? You know, there doesn't need to be a lot of words said, but you want the words to be meaningful. So I came up with uh, three words, um, the three words that I thought if we were going to define you know, success as a Christ follower, what that would look like, and three words that meant a lot to me were know, be, and do. The first word, no, K-N-O-W, when I, when I started here at uh, Northwestern Media, uh, Paul Ramsier 
was the senior VP, and he was a 50-year veteran of media. And he introduced me early on to the Navigators, their straightforward motto, to know Christ, to make him known, and to help others do the same. And he would often quote the amplified version of Philippians 3, which says, For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. J.I. Packer says in his book, Knowing God, he says, you know, once you become aware that the main business that you are here for is to know God, most of life's problems fall into place in their own accord. Mm. And a, a verse that's become a favorite of mine when I first got a copy of the, uh, the New Living Translation and uh, reading through it and came across Second Peter 1, 3 in the uh, New Living Translation. It just uh, kind of arrested my attention. It says, as we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us everything we need for uh, living a godly life. You know, I just think about that. God, God gives us everything we need to live the life he calls us to, but it begins and happens as we know Jesus better. And I'm convinced that if we know Jesus better, we'll come to love him deeper. We love him deeper. We'll follow him closer. But the key is knowing Jesus. So that's the, the first word, to know, to know Christ, make him known, and help others do the same. Mm. We're talking with Neil Stavum, reflecting on 46 years of ministry at Northwestern Media. Um, Jacqueline has texted in, wow, I moved to Minneapolis at the end of 1976 and quickly found KTIS Radio. Thank you, Neil, for your role in my life through the programming um, on on this radio station. Um, uh, and then Wanda says, so nice to hear Neil Stavum's voice on the radio this morning. I'm sad to hear that he's retiring, but wanted to share how blessed I have been by his ministry over the years. Back in the 1980s, I remember hearing him reading a Janet Oak series on the radio. I developed a lifetime love for reading uh, as an elementary school kid, reading along with his voice over the radio. That is so cool. Yeah, we, you know, there was uh, (laughs) Wayne Peterson developed the program Footprints and for many years uh, just read books on air. That was long before audiobooks were a thing. And we had a daily, you know, half hour radio program. And so apparently I'd filled in at some point on that. But yeah. Well, and Wanda learned to read with you. How cool is that? (laughs) Well, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of books. I mean, was it Groucho Marx says outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend to Inside of a dog is too dark to read. But that's anyway. Sorry. <laughs> see, see this. This we will miss. This we will miss. Eric says, "I appreciate Neil's thoughtfulness and faithfulness um, over the years. I've listened to Faith Radio for some fourteen years. Might be a little bit jealous of his voice. Oh yeah, mm. Eric, you're not alone. Yeah. We're all yeah. jealous of his voice. Even the girls are jealous of his voice. Like it's yeah, that is a radio voice. We're yeah. going to continue um, reading your." Uh, your reflections about Neil, you can text those at 877-933-2484. Um, Neil is also offering us some words. I have them listed as your last words, but right. that's probably yes. not right. No, um, we've that's, talked that's about <laughs> We've talked about knowing Christ. Yeah. Your second word is the word be. Right. You know, it actually, it, uh, it sparked my attention, I guess, as I, I have a, a picture that I've had in my office for years. It's a picture of a cowboy and a horse in some wide open spaces in the mountain west and 
And the scripture text underneath it is 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen. It says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. And the idea of be on your guard means, you know, keeping an eye on the world around us while paying attention to our spiritual condition. To stand firm means to be anchored, to persevere, to be convinced of our beliefs. And then to be strong implies maintaining vigor while increasing stamina and resilience and getting stronger. And I discovered there are over a thousand imperatives in the New Testament. And just in Paul's writings alone, I found 22 that use the word be. And you recognize many of them, I'm sure. For example, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other. Be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise Uh, Robert Morgan, author Robert Morgan, points out that there are 30 verses in the Bible using the words be strong in the verse. It's one reminder for each day of the month. And I think we could all agree now more than ever, we are called to be on our guard, to stand firm in the faith, be courageous, and be strong. So the first Mm. word is no, the second word is be. That's so good. That's so good. All right, we got uh, Jim checking in from Hartford on the text line. You can text as well, 877-933-2484. Jim says, I have a message for Neil. Thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing Faith Radio to Hartford. Um, It's been a true blessing to me, my family, and the friends who know about it. Of course, we do need to get the word out about the great programming to more people The talk shows are great. The text line is unique. I don't know anyone else who's doing that. The app is greatly improved and appreciated. Thank you um, also for always uh, taking and returning my calls and all of my complaints about Carmen. Oh, no, he doesn't say that, but that would be true as well. Also for all of your follow through. Follow through is so important. Not always something that uh, that everyone is able to do with the distractions that we have nowadays. So thank you again, Jim. Oh, Jim, that yeah. is so kind. Yeah, he's become a good friend. And yeah, we have, of course, over the years, lots of friends that uh, connect. And what a wonderful way to have the text line. I mean, you, there's the, the Carmen Nation growing day by day. It's just, <laughs> it's fun to listen in. Still trying to figure out how to spell that. Okay, yeah. so um, we have this from Nicole. And again, you guys can text in as well your uh, your thoughts, words of appreciation, and anything else. 877-933-2484. Nicole says, Neil Savum has always been kind and wise. His heart for Jesus and the steadfastness of his faith is evident. Also appreciate his sense of humor. Oh, yes, absolutely. When I was a radio broadcasting major at Northwestern, he was always someone that my friends and I wanted to be around. We just wanted to learn from him whenever we got the chance. Grateful for him and his wisdom, faith, and leadership. Nicole, thank you so much for sharing that. What what a blessing. We are talking with Neil Stavum. We're going to continue our conversation here, reflecting on his 46 years of ministry at Northwestern Media, which comes to a conclusion at the end of this month. We're also uh, having him share with us some last words. The Those are no, K-N-O-W, no, B, and do. We're going to talk about do up next. We're talking uh, with and about Neil Stavum, station manager at Faith Radio, retiring after 46 years of ministry at Northwestern Media, although one listener says, we don't retire, we are repurposed. 
So, yes, we recognize that. Uh, Neil's repurposing at this uh, point in his life. Love that people are texting in their memories, thoughts, comments, and notes of appreciation. You can do so as well. 877-933-2484. Here's a listener who says, thankful for Neil's leadership. I actually learned about KTIS and Neil when we moved to Minnesota, and I started working at the Northwestern Bookstore with his wife. So thankful for finding KTIS back then in 1989. Yeah, a lot of a lot of friends from uh, from right. way back, which is cool. I mean, they, they talk that little song from Steve Green about the you know the find us faithful. There's there's a lot of legacy in in this ministry going back you know 73 years. I mean, I haven't been here all that that time, but uh, <laughs> you know, Dr. Billy Graham and I are good close friends. No, that's not true, <laughs> but we, uh, it, it's uh, it's exciting to see how it's growing. You know, from one small station to and now we have 27 signals on just on Faith Radio alone. And I was talking with our chief engineer the other day. There are over 100 signals actually within the Northwestern Media family at the moment. And so it's, it's growing. And, yeah, the, the gospel's going out, which is the best thing. All right. The words you've brought us today, yeah. uh, know, K-N-O-W, be and do. We've talked about knowing and we've talked about being. Let's talk about doing. When I uh, when I was hired back in 1976, uh, Don Rupp, uh, when I applied, Don Rupp uh, took applications to the broadcasting instructor at Northwestern at the time, and he he said, "You know, any of these guys? There was three applications." And the instructor said, yeah, "I know Stavum." He said, "Can he do the job?" And uh, Bill Weiss said, "Yeah, he can do the job." And you know, I've thought about that over the years. You know, what does it mean to do the job? Some years ago, I heard a a message at NRB uh, with that title, Do the Job, and it, uh, it was looking at Second Timothy uh, chapter 4. Paul's writing this letter to his young protege, Timothy, and he spells out for him uh, how to do the job. He says, uh, first of all, what the job is to preach the word, and then he tells him when to do the job, in season and out of season, how to do the job, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience, then why to do the job? Because people will turn away from sound doctrine and follow myths. And we certainly are in that season right now. But then he offers this summary in verse 5, and that's the, the third verse that I'll share. Second Timothy 4, verse 5 says, But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Keep your head, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, and discharge all the duties of your ministry. The message paraphrase puts it this way. Keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along along with the good. Keep the message alive and do a thorough job as God's servant. And uh, that's uh, those are the three words. Know as we know Jesus better. His divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. That's 2 Peter 1, 3. Be, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. That's... First Corinthians sixteen thirteen, and then do keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and discharge all the duties of your ministry. That's Second Timothy four five. I do have so, a, I do have a poem after the three points of yeah, need. I'm, so I'm going to let you do your poem in a minute. I, I, I bet it's more like a limerick. Well, no, um, I, I, no, it's just uh, a like, real I, poem. I, yeah, I, I, it's just a, a little bit. Oh, from well, a, from go a, ahead, from go ahead, no. and then I. I got like a ton of listener comments um, okay. to read as All well. Right. So right. just, so, you know, because, you know, in good Baptist tradition, it's always three points and a poem. So this is from a, a favorite hymn. 
uh, that uh, the university teams sang for years, and it was one that was frequently sung at Urbana Student Missions Conferences, of which I was privileged to attend many of those. And it's, it says, May the mind of Christ my Savior live in me from day to day by his love and power controlling all I do and say. May the word of God dwell richly in my heart from hour to hour so that all may see I triumph only through his power. And may I run the race before me, strong and brave to face the foe, looking only unto Jesus as I onward go. Mm. There you go. It's so good. We're talking um, with Neil Stavum, and now we're going to talk about him. Okay. Uh, Naomi says, Neil, the sweet golden retriever, bringing well, light wherever, uh, where, well, she says wherever he wanders, but I think it's wherever he wanders. So thank you, Jesus, for <laughs> Neil. Anne says, I found Faith Radio in 1982 when I was a student at the University of Minnesota. Faith Radio has been a companion in discipleship for me over the years, and I cannot imagine this station without my Scandinavian brother. That's nice. Here, thank here. you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bill Arnold says, Neil, thank you uh, for all that you've taught me at Faith Radio, especially how to leave the building quickly when no one is looking. <laughs> I will miss you terribly. <laughs> yes, one of the things that people don't this, know about you no, is that will, you, you are the parking ter- lot. Yes, you are the parking true. lot monitor. Sure, it is. <laughs> that has been pretty much my assignment over the last few years. I'm happy to say, and I, I think I've done it well. So, Virginia says Neil rocks. Yeah, I like the people who are just very succinct. That's good. Sure. Yeah, uh, and then uh, this uh, sweet friend Charlene. From uh, Isanti, Minnesota. Isanti. Isanti. Uh-huh. Says, thank you, Neil, for your faithfulness through the years. We'll miss your uh, familiar voice and Christ-centered words. A listener from the very beginning, Charlene yeah. Swanson. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Charlene. That's, yeah. That's um, and yes, Charlene, I will make sure that Neil's three words um, can be accessed. I will figure out how to make that happen and get that to you. Um, all right. And then um, here's a here's a friend, Dave. Uh, I think is Dave B. Lester Prairie or Dave B. Lester from Prairie. I don't know. Lester Prairie. Is Lester, Lester Prairie. Prairie a place? Yes, there you is. go. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dave B. from Lester Prairie says, I've been listening to KTIS for over 35 years as a Christian day school teacher, carpenter and truck driver. Neil is such a tremendously consistently faithful servant of the Lord, uh, always uh, have loved listening to him for so many things, not least of which being a very skilled interviewer. Yes, indeed. Loved his on-air interaction with Wayne Peterson during the 1980s. Um, he's just just so thankful for you. Yeah, absolutely. And then one more here, and then we'll we'll let this go. But I promise you all, I will make sure that anything that you text in gets passed along to Neil as well, even if it doesn't get read here on air in, in these few minutes. Neil, um, God's richest blessings to you and yours. So appreciative of your thoughtful many, many years. Thank you for your kind and wise words in the past as evidenced in your concluding words today. Know, be, and do. God has uh, blessed so many, many through your ministry and humble leadership of Faith Radio. Is there any way we could hear more of your voice and love of the Lord? Um, Past recordings that could be resurrected as programming. Better yet... Just consider a moment with Neil. More of what you're sharing right now as some sort of regular feature. Yeah. Carmen, can't you work that in? Yeah, sure. I can. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. We um, will. We will figure that out. I've got um, a bunch. Neil, of, I got a bunch of cassettes. We can probably work. <laughs> wow! Oh, wow! Man. Neil from the early days. It would be fun. It would be fun. Um, I think Neil. We will. Um, 
we'll leave it at this. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you for helping us know Christ, for being a godly example, and for always doing the job and doing mm. it so well. Um, I have absolutely loved working with you and working for you. Um, what a what a great privilege and pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, Carmen, I, I thought of you as I read this just the other day in Acts 20, because, uh, you know, we've, we've not worked together all that many years. But uh, Paul says, remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day and my many tears for you. And I have to say, well, it wasn't, it wasn't for you. It was because of your great work that I was crying. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't from any management issues anyway. But, and then he says, and now I entrust you to God and the word of his grace, his message that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. So mm-hmm. love you, Carmen. Really appreciate uh, what you're doing every day and the entire team at Faith Radio. It's truly been a joy to serve here. Thank you so much. I'm going to let Leanne Cresson's words here on the text line be our walk-off. You will be missed. Your camera voice has always been assuring, brings the message with such grace. You'll be greatly missed, but we know um, that God will repurpose you. Um, Godspeed. Amen. Godspeed. That's our brother, Neil Stavum. We will send him off with Godspeed this morning as he's retiring as a station manager of Faith Radio. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is... Faith Radio. You got something to say if you're living, if you're breathing. Yeah, Neil Stavum is uh, the reason I am talking with you this morning. And so I am very, very grateful for Neil and his leadership, the sharing of this ministry, the invitation to come to Faith Radio. Um, I do love this opportunity and love. Uh, this time that we have together each and every day. So thank you for the privilege of this shared conversation. Let me challenge you um, to come up with what would your three words be? Uh, You know, Neil's three words are know, be, and do. What would your three words be? What would your last words be? What would the words you would like to imprint upon another? Did you notice that for each of his words, Neil had a word of the Lord? Yeah, that that was wisdom right there. That was a good, wise example. Hey, friends, have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.